Welcome to Make Out With Him, a crushes, dating, friendship, and kissing podcast hosted by love amateurs Lex Croucher and Rosianna Hals-Rojas. Oh my god, I did the intro. We're here to give you bad advice whether you want to make out with him, her, them, everybody, or nobody. We swapped intro lines. I don't know if you noticed. We're both very excited Lex about this. Lex demanded it. Okay, I'm very excited about this. Rosianna's probably less excited about this. Um, this is a podcast in progress. We will have guests in the future who aren't people like us. We need to get cracking on guests. Send your questions to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com or use hashtag makeoutwithhim on Twitter or tweet at makeoutwithhim. Please include your pronouns and the name you would like us to call you or you can just say, I am anonymous. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> How are you? How's life? I'm What's good. going on? Oh, you know. What have you got in your sights? What's coming up? Tell me everything. <laughs> well, uh, as we're recording this, next weekend I'm climbing a mountain. I believe it's called a montagna. Is that a euphemism? Yes. Climbing the mountain of genitals. Is that what you were trying to say? Yes. Mountainous genit. I've never heard anyone compare their genitals to a mountain. I was focusing more on like the climbing but sure. Yeah, this week I'm gonna fuck a mountain. Um, no, I... <laughs> God. This... Now I'm just thinking about the ending of Moana. Anyway, continue. Rosianna, why would you say that about beautiful beloved children's film with lyrics by Lin-Manuel Miranda? I'm climbing a mountain. Uh, <laughs> I'm climbing Snowdon, which is a big one. I think it's the biggest in England and Wales. Scotland has yeah. bigger... But um, yeah, it's always got bigger though. In preparation for this, uh, you know, not small feat, I have decided to get sick for like over a month, be ill with just various ailments, not do any physical activity really. I've been told that there is a tourist path that's like, you know, <laughs> the one that's like for the lame people, for the tourists. And I am so excited to hear that because regardless of what path you're on, you're still climbing a mountain. And you still get to say that you did it, which is really the only part that matters. Exactly. I'm only doing it for the vine. What can we say now that's not do it for the vine? Nothing else sounds as good. Do it for the boomerang. Ugh. That sounds horrible. It's gross, doesn't it? That sounds like something that, like, someone who works for boomerang would say in a presentation, trying to yes. be, like, down with the teens. I have been told that I need, like, a compass and a map and... What? Yeah. Wow. I know. I can't read those things. You you can't read a compass? Well, when the arrow says N, I assume that means north. Unless it, it means does. unless it means not north, which it could do. Yes. Or news. Or nuts. <laughs> it definitely means nuts. Nighttime. It means nighttime. Nighttime, this way. <laughs> nighttime is up. Naps. Naps. <laughs> Naps this direction. Oh god, I'm gonna die. Yeah. We're going to have all the proper equipment and kit and we're only going to go up if the weather is good because that's kind of what you have to do. You can't go up if yeah. it's, you know, icy, frosty, windy. No airlifting 2K17. Yeah. I really don't want to waste the mountain rescue budget. I looked at the summit weather forecast today. It said that today the only risk is too much sunshine. You might have <laughs> too adorable. much fun. It's going to be too joyous. And I'm like, great. I really hope that we don't have, you know, moderate weather warning for icy gales. When this weekend it was like, oh, just a little, it's too sunny. You're going to have too much fun, guys. Anyway, that's what I'm doing. And soon, very soon, you and I, Rosianna, are going on a trip. We are. We're going, we're going to ye old Greece. We're going to go to Corfu as a girl's trip. 
and it's gonna be really fun because we haven't done that together properly. Well, we kind of did in Amsterdam, but not really. It's gonna be so good. I'm just gonna, gonna I'm gonna be my most ridiculous self, which I think- I'm so excited. Yeah. While you're in Snowden, Edward, comma, <laughs> um, I'm gonna be in Chicago because I'm gonna go see my good friend Sheza speak Cheryl Sandberg. So that's gonna be really fun. Shazza. I've been to Chicago for ages. Shazza, as um, she is known. Shazza has a new book. We're just jet setters, except I'm taking a coach. Coach setters. Coach setters. How are you getting to Snowden? Two trains and a bus, my friend. The most glamorous way to travel. Six seasons in a movie. Six seasons in a movie about me dying on Snowden. If you die on Snowden, can I have your life rights? Eh. I think, yes, you can have my life rights. But I'm going to give Sana sign-off because... Why? I make very responsible decisions. Mm. <laughs> 100% of the time. I would prefer... I have spreadsheets. I feel like you'd balance each other out. I feel like Sana would be too conservative about the soundtrack decisions. Yeah, this is exactly what I'm talking about. That You'd have to <laughs> meet in the middle and I think that's a good place to be. Anyway, we are... A, are we an advice podcast? Kind I don't of? really know what we are, okay, but I think we talk about kissing. Yeah, I think so, sometimes. So shall we have a look? Shall we, shall we address the kissing question? Should we delve into the inbox of dreams? Yes, let's do it. Our first question from the inbox of dreams um, has the wonderful subject line, make out with her, which I love. Dear Lex and Rosianna, I've been dating someone for a while now, but we hardly see each other as she goes to uni on the other side of the country. But when we do spend time together, I had the same problem that Lex did. Despite really wanting to make out with her, I just get weird and anxious about it. And over time, it's just getting worse. How do I stop this and make out with her? Make out some freakouts, Rose. First of all, excellent sign-off. Yeah, that is a good sign-off. I approve. It sounds like the name of a YA book about teenagers it sounds like you know those remember those books that were like you know the magazine sugar no i had very highbrow tastes as a teen and i only read the washington street post anyway i don't know how to help you which is why i'm passing over the question to lex i uh, like after my weird experience of um yeah being like terrified to make out with someone I just vowed to never repeat that because it was silly. I just wanted to put my face on his face. And um, my approach was actually then to always just make my face very available. <laughs> like make my <laughs> face accessible. If I was open to kissing, then I just had to bite the bullet and create those opportunities. And so it wasn't even about like being passive and waiting for someone to kiss me. I don't think, to be fair, when it comes to first kisses, I don't think I've initiated many of them for a yeah. long time, actually. Um, that's bad of me and I should do it more. Because, but you know, that anxiety still exists and I'm still that same person who didn't kiss someone for nine dates. Get into the habit of making direct eye contact with people. Like not even people you're dating, just make sure in life when you're having conversations with people that you're making good eye contact with them. Because uh, that can be terrifying in itself. And then just carry that over onto like dating and kissing situations. Because if you are making direct eye contact with someone, like engaging with them in that way, it's a lot easier that like to transition into kissing like it's it's not a weird thing where like you're not really looking at them and they have to try and get your attention or like 
stare at you with make out eyes until you realize that's what's happening. I don't know what make out eyes are, just like eyes with hearts in, like in a cartoon. I think that's really good advice though, just like being comfortable around people in general, because sometimes it feels so much like it's just the person that you're dating is, or, or that you want to date or whatever. I did this thing, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, I probably have, where I basically agreed with someone that I was gonna go on a date with that we would kiss at the beginning because I hate that awkward build-up and some people love it and like that's the fun of the date and I'm like are you kidding me that's the torturous part and yeah long story short in case I have already talked about this on this pod uh we agreed to just kiss as soon as we met for the date and we did we just did it and because we both knew that's what was gonna happen and that was the plan got it out of the way and then it wasn't weird anymore and I, I mean that's an extreme approach but you could try that I'm not really someone who holds like the first kiss in super high esteem, even though it's like really fun to kiss someone for the first time, it's also often like among the worst kisses that you'll have with that person. Yeah, you kind of got to get it out of the way, like the first bad pancake. Yeah. Although... First, second, third, fourth, fifth bad pancake. <laughs> and then once you hit the sixth, you really get in your stride and you're like, fuck, I'm like fucking Nigella Lawson. I, yeah, I've rarely had like first kisses with people where I'm like, damn, that was a good kiss. Although, having said that, the most recent first kiss I had, I was like, damn, that was a good kiss. Because I also find that often, I don't know if I like people until I kiss them. Like, I think I like them or I have a crush on them. But Mm -hmm. then sometimes kissing can be that thing that takes it to the next level of realizing whether or not you like someone. Um, Because for me, kissing is like so important. And finding someone who likes to kiss as much as I do is like an important thing for me. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Because like also for a lot of people, kissing isn't important or like kissing isn't something that they do in relationships at all. Um, But it's also knowing like how important it is to you and like what are the ways you can make it most fun. If it would help, maybe have a conversation with her about it. Because maybe she's feeling the same or maybe she can do things to help you stop feeling that way. Or yeah, just sharing that might be helpful. Sharing saliva might be helpful. You've got a one-track mind, Rosianna. All you think about is saliva. I think lots of people feel the same way that you do. And uh, practice makes perfect. And also open communication is good. Also my cat- And open mouths. And open mouths. My cat has fallen asleep on the rug with her butt in the air and her head on the ground. And I don't know, she has so many soft services in the room, but she's like, no, this is what I want. This is what I've chosen. <laughs> anyway, I hope we helped you. Me too. Please do follow up. Yeah. We love luck. hearing back. Our next question comes from Mia. And she says, how to deal when the guy you're dating is very Christian and doesn't want to have sex until you're in a relationship. I am dying of frustration. Also, how to manage dating anxiety. Mia. Um, just to get the first thing out of the way, dating anxiety, we just nailed it. We talked about kissing anxiety, so basically true. the same thing, and problem solved. Just swap the names around. Swap all the things so- around and pretend we were saying dating when we said kissing. Job done. Um, Boom. As for the second one, it's a little less easy for us to just swap names and fix it. Obviously, you have to respect his beliefs and how he feels about these things. For lots of people, sex is a very important part of a relationship and there's nothing wrong with uh, 
deciding that you can't be in a relationship or don't want to be in a relationship with someone because it's not fulfilling that need. Obviously, you should never pressure someone into feeling like they should have any kind of sexual relationship with you that they don't want. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with accepting and admitting that like sex is an important part of what you want from a relationship. I would also say that communication here is going to be so, so important, um, especially because you've said that you're dating. He doesn't want to have sex until you're in a relationship. Figuring out where that boundary is for him and whether like what changes for him when you become in a relationship other than just like having sex and not like what is what's like his concept of that kind of commitment and what is it that makes it different but I think that if you keep it all to yourself even if it comes from a place of like not wanting to put the pressure on or not wanting to make him feel bad it's going to be harder to deal with maybe longer term. While Rosianna was talking I googled old-fashioned cures for horniness. (laughs) In the old days um you know it was considered and still in some places now considered a bit of a like shameful thing to be horny and i just wondered if like they had some methods like you know go outside and get some fresh air like take a cold shower like that kind of stuff i wanted to see if run they... around naked run around in the nude i wanted to see if there was um anything well i have i have a new fashioned method is share i mean a vibrator if that's what you're into or another kind of sex toy i probably would help quite a lot (laughs) right yeah and that's actually on the old-fashioned list too and this is the second time in one day that i've had this conversation but in the olden days people would diagnose women with something called hysteria which was just a very sexist ridiculous thing that was like ladies are having too many feelings and emotions and they care about things or like they're just being a bit troublesome by having dissenting opinions or not wanting to marry the people they're supposed to marry and stuff like that they would diagnose them with hysteria and uh doctors would use vibrators on women to cure them of hysteria which throws up a lot of moral questions and questions about like boundaries and stuff um but as i was actually saying earlier today i feel like for a lot of women in the victorian times they probably didn't know like what orgasm was i mean i could i mean i'm sure plenty of people did like i don't think everyone in the victorian times had you know unfulfilling sex lives but probably a lot of them did right like no no one was talking openly about sex and like you know women were supposed to be a very certain way and not get pleasure from sex probably i would imagine so they had it at the doctors which is weird vibrators are an important part um of some people's lives um and in fact might be the closest bond you have with an object (laughs) so feel free to try them out i went to this great sex shop when i was in la called the pleasure chest nice and everyone in there was so nice they were just like so freaking nice and helpful and that has been my experience in sex shops uh, most sex shops i'd say you go in and you feel so like i don't know at least the first couple times i went to a sex shop i was like oh god i feel really like i'm standing out and uh everyone knows exactly how much experience i've had and i'm a fraud and i'm whatever but Everyone's always so fucking helpful. It's the best. Anyway, if you're into it, go to a sex shop. If you're not, that's also fine. 
Oh, um, there's like great website as well. What is it called? Where they teach you different masturbation techniques. Hello something. Yes, something. Emma Watson talked about it. Emma Watson. Emma Watson's sex website is not going to come up with what you want it to. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> is it? Oh, it's OMG. Yes. Just like a re-endorsement for masturbation. But also chastity belts. I'm looking down my list of historical cures for horniness is what's happening here. Oh, yeah. Because chastity, that was always a productive solution. Listen, to, it's uh, not a productive solution However, chastity belts for men enclosed the penis and couldn't be opened without a key. What other solutions are there for horniness in ancient times? Most of them are just upsetting, but one is, I think Americans say graham crackers, but I would say graham graham crackers. Yeah. Um, It says that doctors recommended bland diets to curb sexual cravings. So, you know, you should... So no seafood. (laughs) just i mean for me seafood is not the exciting thing for me it would be like no spicy pizza no spicy no garlic chips yeah i eat some (laughs) garlic chips and i'm like i just want a bone dr john harvey okay i'm reading this from women's health magazine so i don't know if any of this is true but yeah this could be i might be fake newsing you all but apparently um Kellogg's made cornflakes to be like the anti-sex cereal. What? Yeah, which if anything is the wrong way to go because after I have cornflakes, I just want to put my genitals in them. (laughs) God. Also said afterwards, which makes it sound like the cornflakes are gone, but I still want to just... Anyway. (laughs) Anyhow. Only fuck hot (laughs) cornflakes. Only fuck hot microwaved cornflakes. Um, I really need to fact check this now because I have to know if Kellogg's cornflakes were the sex cereal. And I feel like Snopes would tell me. Yeah, but then after that, we should move on to a new question. Never! Wait, cornflakes were invented as part of an... This is on mental floss. Yeah, it's real. It's real. It's real. I'm never going to have a cornflake again, just in case it makes me not horny. Anyway... Let's do some more New questions. questions. Did we even answer the previous question? You know, I think we did. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with Our that. Our new question is from Caitlin or maybe Catelyn. I'm not totally sure. Caitlin or maybe Catelyn says, Hello, I had this ex-boyfriend who I was crazy about, but who didn't treat me very well. He was the master of ghosting. We were never just friends, but now that he's all loved up with someone new, he wants to go for coffee and be mates. I still have feelings for him. This is a bad idea, right? Catelyn or Caitlin. Hey, it's a bad idea. Very bad. End of advice. End of advice. It's not a bad idea to be friends with an ex once you are actually able to be friends with them. And for yourself, as well as for the other person, just generally, I think you have to wait until you're in that place where you actually feel like you could be their friend. And I think, um, you know, either whether that's just moving on and feeling happily single, whether that's moving on and just not caring at all that he's with he's with someone else or yeah just however you gauge that when you're ready i think you'll know you might never be ready that's fine some people are never ready yeah i think it's a bad idea unless the feelings that you have for him are that you would really like to drink coffee with him and nothing else in which case that's fine 
Yeah, unless you have the um, the key to his chastity belt, because you might want to return that. <laughs> Otherwise, the new girlfriend might get the wrong idea. That's like the only situation where you should go for coffee. The only situation in which that's okay. Or, yeah. or, nope, that's it. Chastity belt or bust. Not yeah. a bust belt. And it's also hard when like you're in a, you're clearly in like different places as well. Like he wants one thing and you want another thing because you feel like you're being. I when I'm in a situation similar to that, I feel like I'm being really silly and ridiculous, and I then kind of like tell myself I'm being silly and ridiculous. But the way that you feel is valid, and um, you've got to just be kind to yourself in that respect because you know. I think you do know what's good and bad for you because you framed it as a question, but. It's answer. not really a question. Deep in your heart, you know the answer. Ah, oh, a question well answered. The satisfaction of a hard day's question answering. Lovely. Okay, this one's from Miss Chanandla Bong, which is a really good anonymous name because it's a Friends reference. And every time I say Friends, I say it in friendship. the voice of friendship. Okay. Hello. That's a good way of saying hello. It's spelled H-E-Y-L-O, just in case anyone's wondering. Do you think that to find someone you love, slash like, slash want to bang, etc., you need the go out and get it mentality or to be proactive? Or are you of the thought that it happens as soon as you stop looking or when you find self-love or focus on your life, etc.? Also, who do you think Gryffindors are compatible with housewise? And how do you distinguish a proper Gryffindor, like someone who understands the flaws and wonders of this house, as opposed to someone who's only seen the films and says they're Gryffindor? as they think it's the best and don't understand the complexities and values of the other houses. Love from Miss Chanant Lebong. Two great questions. Um, I, okay, firstly, I have not been terrifically lucky in love or banging. So even though I do have the go out and get it proactive mentality, um, because that's just kind of my nature, it probably does happen when you stop looking and find self-love and focus on your life. I don't know. I think it's all about being open to whatever experience you have. It probably has nothing to do with your mindset, but that I I don't know. Lex? I think... <laughs> Lex, over to you in the studio, Lex. Um, I think that uh, it doesn't... It's, it depends on the situation that you're in, but I have found that as an adult who lives in London, it, you kind of have to seek these things out. You have to put yourself out there in situations because it's just so hard to like meet new people and like bump into people that you could be interested in. And yeah, I don't know. I find that really tough. I'm, I, it is quite difficult to make friends in like a city, I find, yeah. and expand your network. So I do think that you kind of have to put yourself out there and, you know, seek out those situations and opportunities. However, I also think that it's, easier for you to be in a good relationship with someone or feel open to those things once you've also done the self-love and the uh focusing on your life stuff and I think that um I was single for a couple of years three years I don't know a long time I really enjoyed being single I did the whole focusing on yourself thing I felt like it was great and it made me grow and I wasn't actively looking at all um, but I also wasn't expecting anything to kind of come along. I didn't really want to at that point. And I think I just reached a point where I was ready. And I knew I was ready because I was thinking like, oh, it might be nice to have another person around. It might be nice to be in that situation of having a partner. So, yeah, I think it's kind of a combo of both. Um, and I think any time when you're single where you feel like you can focus on the kind of self-love and development and stuff, then you should 
grab it by the face and make out with it. Yeah, but they're not mutually exclusive. Like you can also focus on self-love and, and your life in a relationship too. So don't feel like you're like 100 honey pee missing out on that aspect. You don't, Yeah, you don't have to be single to focus on that too. So, you know. Agreed. To the important part of your question, <laughs> who are Gryffindors compatible with? Um, and how do you distinguish a proper Gryffindor? I think through extensive quizzing. Um, yeah, you really should about always every make every aspect them, of the common room. Also, you should always make people take that really intense test, the like personality test that goes on yes. for like hundreds of questions. And then you can see what their actual house is because that's important. Yeah. Don't rely I on... Agree. As much as I love Pottermore and I do love Pottermore, one of the questions that I got for the sorting hat was flip a coin. And I was like, listen... No, this is an important moment in my life. And when I first, admittedly, I'm clearly just upset about this because when I first took it, it told me I was a Hufflepuff. Then I lost my account details and had to make a new account. That's not a, a lie. Like when you say, oh, I do have a boyfriend, <laughs> but he goes to another school. I met him on holiday. Um, I made a new account and I got put into Ravenclaw, which I'm very much not. And then... Wow, terribly wrong. Yeah, then they switched the website over to a new system and I, you could retake the sorting quiz. So I did, and I got Gryffindor, and I was very happy, but I knew it was only down to chance. Rosianna, of course, got Gryffindor first time and would dispute all of this, but... No, I think, I, think it's to- I think you're totally right. I don't think that the quiz on Pottermore, especially the one that you take on the actual website, I like the one that combines all, for all, all of the possible questions. Yes. I think that was a really good one. I think that was very thorough. Yeah, I'm glad we're talking um, about this very seriously. I have taken a quiz a lot of times and got Gryffindor every single time. I don't think that that discounts the people who are sorted into the wrong house. I think that they have a good point. Um, anyway, I think, yeah, you should make them take an extensive personality test. Um, yeah, but and... ask them, like, which is your favourite armchair in the Gryffindor common room? Which is the best um, part of being in Gryffindor Tower? My favourite seat in the Gryffindor common room is the little nook by the fireplace, which would be too mm-hmm. hot to actually stay in, but it's got little cushions and it's right by the fire. And in the winter, you could just sit in the little cushions nook, which I don't That's think is awful. really meant for students to sit in. I think it's probably like for storing firewood. But storing house elves. Love that nook. Yeah. I only know about this nook because Rosianna and I have been to the Harry Potter studio tour a few times. And you can see the studio tour privilege. Yes, we have that. Um, also, in terms of who Gryffindors are compatible with, I think like yes. pretty much anyone. Universal donors. I am dating a Ravenclaw. Yeah, I I feel like Gryffindors can date most people, but I would say that my personal Gryffindor preference is other Gryffindors. I feel like I should date a Hufflepuff, but <laughs> I just can't do it. I date a Slytherin. Maybe you'll settle down eventually would... with a Hufflepuff. You would date a Slytherin. Everyone you want to date is a Slytherin. Sorry to anyone listening who's I, ever. I feel like I want to date Gryffindors too, though. Because yeah. Griffin... I want to date like James Potter Gryffindors, like like arrogant Gryffindors. Arrogant, mean Gryffindors. But like really talented and sexy <laughs> Gryffindors, <laughs> who just like happen to sometimes hang people upside down. But that shouldn't be counted yeah. against because they have good hearts and they're adventurous and they're really good flyers. Rosianna has a very specific magical bullies fetish. Hey! Um, <laughs> that's so unfair. 
James Potter was a magical bully. But he was a sexy magical bully. And that's yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to talk about right here. <laughs> anyway, I think, I don't, yeah, I guess other Gryffindors is probably what people are going to be attracted to. Or Slytherins, because that Gryffindor part of, um, part of your personality, not your personality, yeah. Rosiana, but like the Gryffindor, Sorry. one of the Gryffindor traits is to kind of like rush headlong into these things that are kind of big leaps and dating a Slytherin would be in some ways a big leap whereas dating yeah. a Ravenclaw or a Hufflepuff might be seen as like more of a safe option which is not necessarily the Gryffindor way um but but it, it yeah. would be it's like good for like tempering you down and making you think in different ways and making you prioritize different things yeah and like balance sometimes in relationships it's nice to have balance um yeah, yeah we've taken this so seriously possibly the most seriously we've ever taken a question <laughs> But, you know, sometimes in life you've got to fuck a Slytherin. Uh, stop trying to make what you say the title of the podcast. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um, oh. We have a new question. Should I dive into that? Because yes. it's from our good friend Runa Waslib. Yay, Runal! Runa Waslib says, Dear Rosanna and Lex, how to deal with being broken up via text? It was kind of understandable because we live three hours away from each other, so we couldn't just meet up and talk and both have horrible phone call anxiety. But still, I'd have liked to actually meet and talk. It was also one of those relationships where we hadn't been dating for more than two months and hadn't really put a name on it, but it was really intense and just enough time for me to really fall for him. But then he ended it because of our mental health issues, or so he said. And now I'm a mess and I feel like I can never move on because we didn't get to talk through things, but I promise to not, I promise to not message him again. Advice? Runal Watslip. Brutal. I think um, people have different expectations of like what's appropriate at different levels of relationship and maybe they thought that because it was like only two months or whatever and it you know if it wasn't it didn't have a label yet it felt like more of a casual thing but obviously to you it didn't feel like a casual thing and um, if you say it was really intense then I feel like they should have realized that you know it was a thing that needed to be discussed in more than just texting um i understand the whole phone call anxiety thing because it's very difficult to have breakup conversations generally especially if you're not really breaking up because you're not actually together but i guess you know for all intents and purposes you are together if you are having any kind of relationship with someone um i you say you promise not to message him again i wonder if that's like forever because it might be that further down the line you might be able to have that conversation when you're not both in such a like raw place um but if not i mean it's really annoying not getting closure like i completely understand um we just i feel like human beings just crave closure to like make sense of things but sometimes you have to create your own closure and sometimes that might be through having conversations with friends and like loved ones and kind of talking it through in that way writing it down like writing diaries writing like letters that you don't send or emails although emails is dangerous never put the actual email address very close in yeah um but yeah just like getting those feelings out there in a different way if you can't express them to that person right now that could be a helpful way of like just finding closure for yourself on your own yeah i really agree with that i'm a big fan of the writing letters and not sending them because like that process itself is very therapeutic and you can also allow yourself to be kind of as angry or as frustrated or as hurt as you want to be um while also respecting their decision which is really hard to do especially when you feel like it hasn't ended in the also in the way that 
you like nothing about it has gone the way that you wanted it to even down to the way that the breakup happened um and it's in a lot of ways it's about getting some kind of control back um in I feel like when any kind of thing ends like that especially if it's out of the blue you feel like something's kind of been taken out of your control um so even if it's finding other things not to distract you but as Lex said like finding other ways to to create a enclosure um finding other things to make other projects to work on where you have total control even if it's just like making a cake or like <laughs> writing or or like making potato stamps and deciding to print a whole sheet of paper with potato stamps like tasks that feel very much yours and that, that you have control over um I think are ways to like ease yourself back into it your question really made me feel for you because as terrible as it is I'm someone who ends things over text all the time like I end things over text send things over Facebook message um I'm not good at having those conversations and uh I think in that moment sometimes it just feels like the only way to express that but at the same time you're almost like not allowing the other person to have a voice in it because you don't because you're like well here are all the things I feel (laughs) this is what I want to do um and you're not allowing it to really be a conversation in a real way a lot of the time so I mean that's just yeah me weighing in on maybe why that was the mode of choice but definitely not ideal and I castigate myself my terrible behavior so naughty um you're not that naughty people deal with things in different ways and yeah but I mean in terms of you just do some nice things and yeah do whatever you can to feel that closure yourself and if you ever want to get back in the game send us your info and we'll make you a tinder profile so true we're great at that we are really good at that do you want to do some tinder profiles yeah we have one that says i would love for you to come up with something for me currently my profile reads i like coffee swimming avocados and cheese in no particular order this my university class of 2017 basic info i'm a biology major i like cells more than people vegetarian but can't quit cheese I'm in the middle of the sixth season of Friends. I love the West Wing and Parks and Rec and Game of Thrones. My housemates and I are very codependent. I drink my coffee black. I've never had a real relationship. I want a dog. Ah, oh, this person sounds really cool. I want to hang I out really, with you. I want to date this person. Gin and tonics are my drink of choice, she says. Um, and she's interested in men. You had a good line in there that says, uh, I'm a biology major and I like cells more than people sometimes. I think that's a strong opener. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's really good because that also gets across. You said that you are an introvert and like that's one of those subtle ways of being like, haha, it's a joke. But is it really a joke? Kind of, but not really because I'm introverted. Boom. Laid some truth on you through my jokes. Um... You can also just add all of that dialogue that Lex just yeah. <laughs> supplemented yeah. with. As just a write all of what I just said. Um you should say i like coffee swimming avocados and cheese but not swimming in coffee avocados and cheese ho 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 no don't do that no one will ever date you again if you listen to my advice and then i think i think like it's good to just like quote things from your favorite shows because then people who do really properly know the shows in a way that they will have earned your dates 
um, will recognize them and point to them. What's a good um, quote from the West Wing to put in a Tinder I mean, bio? You could go, there's so many. You could go with what's next. You could go with I'm a woman in my prime. You could go with um, I drink my coffee black. Bring me the finest muffins and bagels in all the land. Like there were just so many ways that you could go with that. Go with all three of those. Those yeah. are perfect. Especially right. I'm a woman in my prime. I think yeah, I'm, I'm a prime woman, Josh. I'm a prime woman. I think these are, that's perfect. Just West Wing references, nothing else. You don't need to know anything else about someone. That's the only thing you need to Agreed. know. Like, do you, like, have they seen the West Wing? What are their opinions? Can, can we talk at length about like how it changed after Sorkin left and how women are written and where it's good and where it's bad? And can we also discuss Mandy? Like, there's just like so many ways that you can go with this discussion. I think people often include references in their bio as like a bit of a test. And we've mm. talked about like, tinder buyers as tests before because we've talked about like you know putting out there that you have certain like social views and stuff um but i find the whole references thing really interesting because i'm often not in the right frame of mind to like get references to things in my own tinder bio it said i was a young i was aspiring to be a young linda belcher and that meant that like half the people were like what is this and then half the people exactly half opened with bob's buyers yay or like (laughs) i'm gonna watch bob's burgers this weekend now but that it's a good thing to like ease in and like if someone likes the west wing they probably like all sorts of joy like complicated dialogue speaking really fast while walking and politics everyone loves politics right now right right we should we're gonna do one more tinder bio from ingrid so Ingrid says, hi, Regina and Lex. Sorry, Lex. Uh, so in episode two, you Let me just, no, stop the podcast. <laughs> Get off the podcast train. Can you all just let me, of the two of us, I think I'm the most attention hungry. And, That's so wrong. Ugh, fine, whatever. I want attention. Eat that attention. I'm the youngest daughter. I'm a Leo. I'm younger of the two of us. I'm the baby, but I am the older sister in my sisterhood yeah, you get of things. relations. Younger sisters never get anything. Okay, fine, continue. Hi, Rosanna and Lex. Sorry, Lex. So in episode two, you mentioned you'd construct Tinder bios. I'm so down for that. So I wanted the basic, but very important info. I'm a girl who likes girls. I'm a plant mum and a dog mum. I go to a lot of weird film screenings, panel debates, or anything even slightly political, really. I desperately crave someone to drink chocolate oat milk or chocolate oat milkshake with. Can you say that your milkshake brings all the oats to the yard just say your milkshake brings all the girls to the yard and they're like that's a really nice plant (laughs) (laughs) damn right i have a really good dog let's see a film screening or even anything slightly political really and they charge there so bring some money done you've just figured that out you've cracked it i have cracked it like an egg oh so talented you've Um, made that into a souffle Yes, enjoy your beautiful dating souffle. That's about all we have time for (laughs) on Make Out With Them. Please send your questions because we give so much great advice. Um, Please send your questions about about dating and kissing and friendship and really anything else you can think of uh, to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com. You can use the hashtag makeoutwithhim or tweet us at makeoutwithhim. Um, Please include your pronouns and what you'd like us to call you especially if you'd like to remain anonymous. Or yeah. you can just let us pick a name, because we like doing that too. But now we have an yeah. outro. Thanks to Helena for the outro. 
Say roll See the outro. See you next time. Say roll the outro. Say it. Roll the outro. Yeah. If you're in need of advice, if you don't know what to do, then write to Lex and Rosie Anna and they might just answer you.